Welcome back to episode 10 of the Shed the Shame podcast, folks. I am your co-host, Algelin, alongside Alex. We are joined here today um, by Patty Crabtree, a fabulous woman who will talk about her perimenopause journey. Um, so I'm loving in August that we're talking a lot about perimenopause. We should talk about it more. But before we introduce Patty, I wanted to share that we have reached 20% of our fundraising goal for the Shed the Shame campaign. So thank you to everybody that has been subscribing and purchasing water bottles. You're making a difference and a positive impact on the world and helping WaterAid um, provide clean water and sanitation to over 30 countries across the globe. So thank you very much. Um, and you know, with your subscriptions and purchases, we donate funds to the work they do. So Alex, how about we introduce Patty? Let's do it. We are super excited to be joined by Patty Crabtree today, and we're really excited to learn about her journey through perimenopause and her words of wisdom for listeners when it comes to their cycle and navigating this time. Um, as Algelin kind of tossed out, this is something we don't talk about. If we think we don't talk about periods, I feel like we talk even less about perimenopause and menopause, and it's something that we go through. Um, almost to the same number of people who have periods, right? So uh, we should definitely talk about it and learn about it and know more. So Patty, we're really excited to have you today to share your wisdom with us. So let's start with a cycle check-in. Um, I'll check in, Algernon will check in, and then you can let us know where you're checking in with your cycle today. So I finally had my period. If you were tuning in a few weeks ago, we were worried about the delay of my period. Well, at least I was worried about it. And it finally came and went. And now I am in the follicular phase, if you cannot tell, because I am in high energy <laughs> mode. So loving this time of my cycle. And that's where I'm checking in. What about you, Aljun? I, again, don't know where I'm at right now. I'm usually very in tune with my body. I have an IUD for those of you that don't know. It's the marina. Um, so like the cycle can be pretty unpredictable, but I'm usually in tune and can kind of tell you where I'm at, but I still don't know where I'm at. I've gone through some trauma over the past couple of weeks, which is probably impacting it. Um, Patty Crouchy, she actually told me about a book called The Body Keeps score, which is probably what the body is doing right now. Um, and she can touch on that a, a bit later, but I don't know where I'm at um, and I'm okay with it. I'm still in tune with like what my body needs right now. So that's what I'm focusing on. Great. And I love that coming back to, even when things are un unpredictable, we can meet ourselves the moment that we're at the, the day that we are. And sometimes even um, I'm like in the follicular phase, but don't feel like it. And that's okay because it's also impacted by the weather and our families and the news, right? So we can have a lot of grace and spaciousness throughout the entire cycle. So Patty, um, why don't you check in with your cycle and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, my cycle is I'm in perimenopause. And so with that, your cycle is completely unpredictable. Um, I haven't had a period in six months, almost six months now, which is the longest stretch other than being pregnant where I haven't had a period. But it's been anywhere from two weeks to now six months during the last three or four years. So it's really all over the place. And for somebody who was blessed with having a regular cycle throughout her life, this has been a, an interesting journey the last three years is going through this process. And so that's where I am. And who knows what happens tomorrow, quite honestly. That's the joy of perimenopause is I may be surprised um, tomorrow with, you know, with my period coming back and, and sharing. It's, it's interesting, even the hormonal changes you're used to tracking are completely different. 
So it, it comes as a surprise at, any, at every moment, it comes as a surprise when it comes back. Um, so personally, I am, uh, I left the corporate world two years ago and started my own company for the very first time. Ooh, that's inconvenient. <laughs> good, um, a good jam. Like yeah, <laughs> good jam. Um, and so I left the corporate world two years ago and after working and being kind of burnt out and just needing to, to refresh myself and, and that fell into me starting my own consulting firm. And so mm -hmm. I, I do mostly fractional, what's called fractional support. And so I have a background as a COO and CFO. And so I go into small companies and I help them um, analyze their current structure and come up with a game plan to help them get to the next level. Um, along with doing some leadership coaching along the way too. Awesome. That sounds really fantastic. Um, we're excited to have you today and dive in a little bit more. And something that kind of popped to me right off the top, you had said I had always been pretty regular and um, now it's not. And so people complain, we hear a lot of complaints here on the menstrual cycle when it's happening, but I'm curious, how has that transition been from having something really regular and almost like predictable to it being not predictable? How has that shift felt for you? Well, in the beginning, it was frustrating <laughs> because at least I was able, I just knew what was gonna happen. And then when it, the first time my period slowed down, it was for a two month period where I skipped my periods. And it was actually, um, it was really uncomfortable because I learned as I read through up on menopause and, and the process of perimenopause is your body's actually going through withdrawal when you're going through menopause because you're losing a chemical that it's used to, but we're going through a slow withdrawal. As opposed to if you think about rehab, you know, rehab, they have 28 days where it's three or four days of detox. We're going through a period of years of detox. And that was, I really felt crappy the first, the first time it happened. And I was actually so excited to get my period because I felt human again. And then it was just different cycles along the way. And it was, so it was frustrating because my body was changing. I wasn't feeling good and it wasn't predictable. And I'm a, I'm a little bit of a control freak. So <laughs> the fact that I couldn't predict it made it a little more frustrating. Uh, today, it's like, I just want to be through perimenopause so that I don't have to worry about the surprises along the way. But um, my body's feeling better. I don't feel as crappy. My body's adjusted to the changes in the hormone levels and I feel pretty normal again. Um, so what have been some of the symptoms that you've experienced as you've been going through perimenopause? Uh, you know, for me, one of the big ones was brain fog. Um, that's, uh, I, I do a lot of um, hands-on and, you know, a lot of consulting and a lot of management and leadership and stuff. And then having to where my brain wasn't quite connecting the way it was, was, was rough. Um, there was some fatigue, you know, it's kind of a malaise feel for a while. Um, and, and physically also with my periods there, they changed. So they actually got heavier for a while, then they got lighter, then they got heavier. And then they, you know, they came two months apart and then they came, you know, a month, they came six weeks apart, five weeks apart, four weeks apart, three weeks apart, two weeks apart. Then I kind of hung out with like two or three periods back to back. It was like, oh my God, I'm never going to stop this. And then it's, then it eases back into, you know, months and months. And so the comfort level there, I felt more cramping at times too, which I did have throughout the, my life cycle, my cycle of my, or my lifespan on my cycles to get the words right here. 
Um, I had occasional cramping, but I had more at times when these periods were so unpredictable and on top of each other. And that was unpleasant for a while. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It seems like there is, it's hard to kind of put it into a box because there are so many different levels of symptoms that people experience when they're going through this process, which I could imagine may make it a little bit more stressful or confusing. So I'm, I'm curious, what is something you wish you would have known before, like years before you started going through this process? Uh, the, the topic I talked about earlier, which was the fact your body's going through withdrawal. And understanding the symptoms of withdrawal, I think was really, it gave me a sense of peace because I, you know, my body was going through this and I was feeling really bad. And I was thinking, okay, am I, is there, am I ill? Is there something else going on? You know, and all my blood work was fine and things like that. So there wasn't another underlying condition. It was just, my body was reacting to the change in hormone levels. And so I think really understanding for me, understanding the the way my body's physically reacting to the situation and in reading up on what withdrawal symptoms are and what that really means, it really helped me during it and after the fact, as opposed to having that information ahead of time, it would have made it easier for me to get through that first part, that first period of time. I don't think I've ever heard it discussed in that way or called that. So that's really, really interesting because I'm starting to do this work and do some more research. Um, can you explain what you kind of stumbled into when you heard it talked about as like estrogen withdrawal or what that kind of, how that manifests? Well, it manifests different ways for different people, just like our cycles and our reaction and our, our, our symptoms through our cycles are different. It's the same with, with a withdrawal of the estrogen. Some, my, my gynecologist told me, she said that she never gets frustrated with other drivers on the road because she doesn't know if it's going to be one of those women who are going through menopause who have just actually get into a psychosis because their body reacts so poorly to the withdrawal symptoms. And so there can be an extreme of psychosis to people just kind of flow, you know, flowing through it easily to use puns here. Um, and in every person's journey is different. So understanding the the overall group of symptoms that you could potentially do. I had a great conversation, like I said, my gynecologist, who really talked it through with me about really what's happening. And, um, and so for me, you know, I did have some of those moments of, you know, maybe not being the nicest person in the world. And some of those moments of, um, you know, wanting, you know, having fr frustration, not in control and things like that, but not to the extreme my gynecologist warned me about. So I really paid attention. When she told me that story, I started really paying attention to my behavior and making sure that I was staying in front of it and giving myself better self-care, which was something that I didn't do the best job of along the way. And the last two years has really been about self-care and giving myself a break, self-compassion, topic Algernon and I have been talking about a little bit offline. And, mm -hmm. and, and I just educated myself more and more. And I think that's the important thing is go out there and read up. And if you're feeling a certain way, read up on it and know that it's, there's nothing, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just, this is how your body's reacting to the situation. And that makes sense because like uh, estrogen has so much to do with the serotonin in the brain, right? So if people mm -hmm. are losing that, that could really cause some issues. So that that's so interesting. And now I have something I need to go research more. So I really appreciate that. 
Um, so talking about like self-care, self-compassion, which like, um, yes, I loved our conversation about that. And I'm thankful for that um, earlier, Patty. But, but like, let's also talk about um, being self-connected and then being externally connected. And how can, how have you been able to connect with others going through something similar as you so that you can stay self-connected with yourself? Yeah, I've, I've been blessed with last year with the pandemic and us all being locked down. I actually made new connections virtually last year. I, ma I made new friends virtually last year and I made like some connections of women who are the exact same age as I am and they're going through the same process. And we actually created a, a group where we were meeting once or twice a month just to talk about what we're going through, our bodies, our relationships, our careers, and really providing that support. And, and we were joking in our last um, meeting um, in July that um, the, the two women, two other women that are in the group, they're talking about the fact that their weight hasn't changed, but their body structure has changed. Like they have more, more, their waists have gotten bigger, but they haven't yeah. gained weight. They said their body's just redistributing all the, the fat and stuff in it. And so that their body, they're trying on clothes that they haven't worn during the pandemic because mm -hmm. now we're getting out more and they're like, their clothes doesn't, their clothes doesn't fit anymore. And wow. they're not new clothes because their body literally has changed shape. Yeah. So that's yeah. something else to think about too, as like, you know, you're, we're journeying through life. And like, oh, here's perimenopause. Not only are we going to go through like this withdrawal, our body can also change the shape of it. That's Yeah, it's interesting because I hadn't experienced that myself, but they're experiencing it. And it's like, oh, wow, that's, some, that's really interesting. And I never really considered the fact that that could actually happen. Um, I was always, you know, the gaining weight thing is one thing, but when I think you gain weight, you gain it proportionally, right? The way you've always handled, your body's always been shaped, but they're not gaining weight. They're just shifting their shape. Yeah. Um, Every time I come on here, like my mind is blown because of like the lack of freaking information that we have. Like I'm even uh, checking out my own hair right now. I have my, my postpartum hair regrowth right now. Uh, Cause like oh. no one told me like you're going to lose <laughs> chunks and chunks of hair postpartum. And it's just all of these things that could, that feel really shameful can make us feel full of shame when we don't know that it's normal. So thank you for sharing these. I think this is going to support my perimenopause journey. And I know anyone who comes across this, just like having these little signals or these things like, Hey, this might happen and it's normal. And if it doesn't happen, that's also normal, but to not yeah. even consider it in the realm of possibility can feel so isolating when these oh, things totally. come up. So yeah. I'm just in here, like of all of this conversation already. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, so Patty has a, a really good definition and it's like a real definition of shame. And I would love for her to, you know, share that definition that she has. And then also talk about like, um, you know, the book that you've read, The Body Keeps Score and like how you've even been able to like take tidbits from it to apply and like help you journey, not just through perimenopause, but also like with life. Um, so if you could talk about like your, the definition of shame that you've shared with me, which I find very helpful. And then also like, um, you know, key takeaways from the body keep score. That's been really helpful for you. 
Yeah, it's interesting. The concept of shame is something I I researched a bit last year, just because I found it such an intriguing thing. And I read a lot of the Brene Brown books, and she talks about shame and vulnerability. And shame is actually a survival instinct. It is a protective mechanism we have to keep ourselves safe. And so it's interesting how our society treats shame and pushes shame and defines shame, but it really, it's just a it's just that innate thing in you, to, it's a survival instinct. And so if we understand that it's, it's really just about survival, it's not about you not being the right kind of person or being judged, it, to me, that makes it a little bit easier and I, I can process through the shame that I, that I come across a little more effectively because I realize, okay, wait, there's something going on with me where I feel unsafe. And so I'm feeling the shame because I feel unsafe. And so it gives me that opportunity to think, okay, what's going on with me that I need to shift with? And, you know, The Body Keeps the Score, the book of The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van Kolk is, um, is about how trauma actually rewires your brain. And that traumatic experiences causes actually more activity in certain parts of the brain that shouldn't be active in those moments and less activity in the parts of the brain that should be active in those moments. And it literally, he did functional MRIs on people discussing traumatic events, showing how their brain actually goes white in certain areas where they shouldn't. And so really it all ties in, you know, you think about shame being a survival instinct, trauma rewires our brain to bring in a different level of survival instinct. And we use the trauma subconsciously in all of our decisions because trauma has such a huge impact on us. Yeah. And so the, the book is a, it's an interesting story because he goes through different types of trauma and he shares different um, groups of people and how he was able to identify a behavior pattern based on a past trauma. And then they, he goes into talking about the different ways to heal through the trauma, you know, through cognitive therapy, through EMDR, which I know is really popular in the media nowadays. Um, also through hypnosis, which is something I'm personally doing right now, and I'm finding so beneficial. And um, yoga, even yoga, because it, it's, it's really about getting into the, the part of the, the mind, the mind, the brain, where that programming happened, that it's in that subconscious piece that impacts every decision that we make along the way and remapping that into a healthier, you know, giving you a healthier story to work from versus the trauma story that a lot of us deal with. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Alex. I was going to say, if that is not the exact thing that's happening to us from our very first period all the way through menopause, I do not know what is. So it's so interesting when we look at resources or lack of resources or what is out there from that lens um, and, and how we keep these things protected because we're afraid, um, you know, what that, that shame can do. We don't want to, maybe don't want to talk about it for the fear of our own survival because of how we've been treated, these traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think it really starts to give an interesting lens to view the entire landscape of menstrual equity um, yes. or, men or lack of menstrual equity, you know, when we yeah. see how these pieces are connected. Oh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, did you have, do you have something else? I was just going to say like, from, 
No, uh, that was a good, that was a good um, message there. But I was going to ask Patty, like from all of that, from all your learnings, from life, from what you've been going through with perimenopause, from what you know about the definition of shame, and then like, and in trauma, what's one message that you really want to share with um, other folks, like whether they're menstruating or going through a similar journey as you with perimenopause? Uh, I think the big thing is, is, is that this is natural. This is, this is our existence. And, and this, the feelings that we have around this is what society's pushed onto us. Because there's some cultures actually, when a woman has her first period, cultures will have a big party around it. You know, our culture is like hide you in the closet and let's not talk about it. And you know, when I, I'm on, you know, I'm 50, I just turned 54. And I grew up, you know, in the I was young when I had my first period, and my mom was an older mom. So she was 37 when I was born. And when I had my first period, she looked at me, freaked out. And she said, the pads are under the kitchen, under the bathroom sink. And that was the support that I got. Oh you my know, gosh. She was, she was, she was freaked out over the fact that I had my period as opposed to, okay, you're at this stage in your life. Let's talk about it. Let's celebrate it. Let's, let's, let's help you through it. It was more of the, let's hide. We can't talk about this. We can't tell anybody. It's like, I don't have some, I didn't murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> bank. I just started my period. And I think the message out there is this is, this should be celebrated. Women have periods. That's what keeps our, our world going. Mm-hmm. That's what raises, you know, that's what we have. That's how we have children. That's how we nurture and grow and evolve. And it's like, why are we putting this into some sort of shameful thing? Because it makes men uncomfortable or certain people uncomfortable. That's their issue, not mine. So don't yeah. own other people's baggage. Embrace yeah. it, talk about it. When I, I grew up with that, you know, you don't talk about it. You don't acknowledge it. You just kind of hide it. And when I started going through perimenopause, I just started talking to everybody about it. Yeah, I'm going through menopause. I'm doing this. I would have never done that you know, had I not educated myself so much and just became more comfortable with it. And now it's like, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. It's just, it's natural. It's my body. It's yeah. what it does. I love how fabulous and empowering you are, Patty. Um, can you share like uh, the quote, the rent quote that you share with me? Oh, <laughs> don't let other people get, take up free rent in your brain. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. yeah obsessing about other people's opinions other people's comments other people's other people's baggage obsessing about that just gives them free rent in your brain because they're probably not thinking about you and that's one of the things that i deal with i have this what what my we're calling rumination in my brain i ruminate about things and i'm giving people free rent when i do that so don't give people free rent kick them out Mm. Uh, <laughs> yes, I love that. That is fantastic. And everything you shared today really resonated. So thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for sharing this time and just being a beacon of light and a different perspective in what can be a really murky and crappy thing for people to go through. And I really agree. Whatever we own can't own us. So if we say I am, I have a period, I am going through perimenopause. Then if anyone else tries to make us feel bad about it, why? I'm, this is not a secret. 
I already told you, I, I, I brought it up first. So I think that can really be an empowering thing for folks. And I know it's not safe for everyone in the world to do that. And so we're really lucky to have that privilege and be helping to pass that, that light around and, and share that, um, you know, for folks. So thank you so much. Just thank you. It was great. Um, thank you to our listeners and supporters of Shed the Shame podcast and the fundraising campaign. If you have a story of how you have shed the shame in your own life, we would love to have you as a guest. And please email us at shedtheshame.co. And to learn more about the fundraising campaign, visit www.shedtheshame.co. Um, and it's really, it's really fantastic. This is part of what this campaign is meant for, is spreading that light to folks who don't have the economic privilege, who don't have the the safety right now, really against their bodies to talk about these things. And this campaign is helping to do just that. So please check it out. Grab a water bottle. They're so cute. I love it. Um, so yeah, thank you all. And we will see you next time. And remember, let's keep it real and messy, just like our periods. Bye, everybody. <laughs>